Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's very interesting conversation, I just want to pause for just a moment to say thank you to DBV Technologies for being a very kind sponsor of FACTS Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. A big part of college is socializing and enjoying going out to parties, bars, and other events. Alcohol is often a staple, and people living with food allergies simply need to address alcohol differently. Join this candid discussion with college students Maya Kanoff and Emma Sorrentino, who will share how to navigate the waters of going out while in college. Welcome back to Facts Roundtable, Maya and Emma. I am so thrilled to continue our college series with you. This subject is a real hot topic. It is super needed. So thank you so much for joining us with your honest stories that are coming about going out, which includes bars and parties. And yes, the alcohol conversation. We are happy to be here like always and to share all the tips and tricks we can with you listeners. So thanks for having us back again. All right. So just before we get started, in case someone's tuning in and hasn't been listening to the series, if you can just give a really quick introduction and explain where you are in this college life. Hi, everyone. I'm Maya. I'm allergic to eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, and sesame seeds. And I just graduated college. I just graduated from Syracuse University. I studied psychology and I minored in human development and I was on the pre-med track. So going back to school in a couple of years, hopefully, to study medicine. And I'm Emma. I'm allergic to peanuts, and I have one year left at the University of Vermont. I'm studying biochemistry with a minor in emergency medical services, and I'm definitely going to do something medical, but we'll see if my pre-med fulfillment actually pays off. (laughs) Well, welcome you two. And I love that both of you are taking this healthcare route. It's so needed and it's so needed to have people who understand food allergies in this realm. So now we're going to dive right into our conversation today. We know making friends, socializing and going out are really big parts of college life, but living with food allergies does impact this part of that life, right? And it doesn't need to be negative, but you have to address it. Right. So let's address it. Maya, can you kick off this conversation? How did you approach going out? Like, did you think about it ahead of time? Like, what did you do? A big thing for me was as soon as I kind of could tell maybe who my good close friends were going to be. And I actually met the person who ended up becoming my very best friend in college and my roommate 
of two years and possibly in the future and real life roommate to my very first day on campus, which is definitely lucky. But I just tried to have conversations very early on with my friends, super like casual conversations at first. Maybe if someone mentioned wanting to go out to eat, I'd just as a little anecdote be like, oh yeah, I'd love to, but by the way, I have food allergies. So if you maybe I can suggest a restaurant or something like that. Very just easygoing conversations to kind of get it started, just because I knew that I would want them to at least be aware. And then a little further into it, once I started spending more time with my closer friends, I did end up trading them all and how to use my epinephrine auto injector, just because I was spending so much time with them in so many different situations that I wanted them to know how to use it. And they always knew like, which pocket of my bag it was in and things like that. But so I'd say that was the biggest thing I thought about going into college social life because growing up, I had most of my friends that I had known basically my entire life. And so they had been trained by my mom when I was three years old and they went through all of life with me. And so it was never something I had to think about. And one of my best friends from childhood also had food allergies too. So it was like an even better situation in that way. So I definitely thought a lot about just how I would bring it up with friends and how much I wanted people to know. That was the biggest thing that I thought about in advance was just how I was going to bring it up to people. Yeah, I agree. I think especially when you're going out to, you know, different parties and dirty basements, knowing that there's people that, you know, are by your side and and at least know a little bit about your food allergies enough to help you out if a situation does arise. That's going to be an important thing because then you know that if something does happen, you're not going to be left alone in the gross bathroom of whatever house you find yourself in. And that is true. There are some scary places. And I do know, too, you know, you hear stories of like someone having a reaction and then they do try to go to the bathroom alone. So do you have any tips you can give to people about why that's such a bad idea? Yeah. Something that I learned a few years ago, I think it was on a teen retreat from FAC. You guys should check it out if you've never been. But something that I learned was that if you are under the influence of a substance, whether it be alcohol, some sort of drug, whatever, if you do accidentally ingest your allergen and it does progress to a reaction, that reaction tends to be a lot worse. And if you think about it physiologically, that makes sense. If certain drugs will already like impact your airway system, alcohol like changes your vascular system. So of course, when you have an allergen that your body is not going to like in, you know, in that system, it's just going to be affected that much more strongly. So going to the bathroom alone, if you feel like you're about to have a reaction, not going to be a good idea or really having that allergen in your system at all in these, you know, sort of situations, not going to be a good idea because there's the potential and a pretty big potential that that reaction is going to be a lot worse than ones you've had before or what you're expecting. So, and even if you aren't under the influence of anything, like every reaction can be different. Even if you think you know what your reactions may have been like in the past, that's not to say that your next one couldn't be 10 times worse. And like, I know, like my mom always tells the story of like some of my first reactions when I was really little and I went from being totally fine to like, swollen head to toe, bright red, like a tomato 
in the matter of seconds. So like, even if you think, oh, I just have one little hive or, oh, my throat's a little scratchy. You never want to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be alone when a reaction progresses because it can happen in the blink of an eye and you don't want to get yourself in that dangerous situation where, God forbid, you lose consciousness and can't give yourself your epinephrine. I mean, that's like the worst possible situation that can happen, but it it can happen. And I don't say that to scare anyone, but it's important to know the reality of the situation. And it can be really hard to find your friends again in these types of houses or establishments if you do just like quickly dart off. I hate when my friends do that. It's like my biggest pet peeve. But anyways, so if you are going to be in a compromising situation, knowing where your people are and having them with you is, I mean, regardless of, you know, food, food allergies or not, that's super important. But especially for us, like just having people around you that can call the hospital or give you epi, things like that. You, you just really don't want to be alone. Or even just people who can recognize you're starting to have a reaction. I mean, because I've seen my own kids be in denial for a little. Oh, no, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. I'm just feeling anxious. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 that's not anxiety. Um, yeah, so, well. you know, and that's good to have someone else there. The, these are great tips. So staying on that with the bar, going to bars and then going to parties, do either of you have any experiences that you would like to share and add in a tip or two? Yeah, I actually was just going to say I one of my very first nights out in college, it was September of my freshman year. So I was just a little baby freshman. I was out with my freshman year roommate and the best friend who I just mentioned earlier, who I had met my first day of school. And at this point, they were like my two best friends. They both knew me really well by then. You know, you spend so much time with your friends in college, you tend to get close really quick. Um, And so we went out, we were at a house party in, it was an attic house party, not a basement house party, which is a little different, but I started not feeling too great. And at first I thought maybe I was just having an asthma attack because lots of sweaty people, thick air in the party. So I said to my friends, I need to get some air. Can we go outside? And they said, yeah, of course. So the three of us went outside and things started progressing a bit. I was feeling a little itchy. I didn't feel like I was at a point yet where I needed epi, but I did know that I needed to leave that party because the houses where parties were on my campus was like about a 10, 15 minute walk to where I lived. And I wanted to get back to my dorm. I had epis with me, but I didn't feel like I wanted to use them yet. And I didn't have any other meds with me, any, um, and I didn't have my inhaler, which probably wasn't great, especially since at the time I thought I was maybe having an asthma attack. So tip number one, whatever meds you may need in an emergency, you want them with you always. And so we started walking back and I started feeling worse and worse on the walk back. Tip number two, exercise can increase symptoms of anaphylaxis. So probably should have hung out where we were and maybe called a ride back to our dorm. So we were walking back. And by the time we got back to the dorm, I was pretty close to full-blown anaphylaxis. My throat was not closing, but not feeling right at the time. I was getting some hives, definitely looked super flush and red. So we got back to the dorm. And as soon as we got back, I gave myself epi. My roommate 
went and told the RA while my friend and I called 911. And my RA, I had also trained him um, when I first moved in, which is another tip. If there's someone like an RA in your dorm who's maybe like in charge, I mean, for us, like the RAs were just one year older. So as in charge as a sophomore guy can be, he was wonderful in this situation. Like he asked me as soon as he got to him, he was like, did you give yourself FE yet? I was like, yes, we're waiting on the ambulance. And so he stayed with me until the paramedics arrived. And then my roommate went with me in the ambulance to the hospital. And it was definitely a super, super scary situation. But I felt so much more comfortable knowing that like my friends were there with me helping me through it. And they were so wonderful. Like I could not have asked them to be any better in a situation like that. And to ask that of someone I just met a month ago is like, totally wild to think about now. But it really was like a super eye opening experience and did in the long run make me feel more comfortable at school knowing that I had been through this. Um, Now at school, I had had a reaction, I went in the ambulance, I went to that ER, and I knew how the doctors at the ER handled it. They observed me for the four to six hours. My mom wanted to jump in the car the second I called her. I did call my mom at some point. I know I didn't mention in the story, but at some point after I had taken Epi and called 911, I did let my mom know what was going on. She immediately wanted to jump in the car. She was like, I went to school only four hours away. She's like, I'll be there before they even release it from the ER. And that was another one of these big independence moments is I had to say to her, mom, I got this. I'll call you from the hospital. I'll keep you on the phone as long as you want, but I can handle this without you here. And so that was a big thing for me, gaining independence and her like giving me my independence was we got through that. Another tip that I learned out of that situation is like Emma said, and I think this may have been the story you were talking about that you heard at teen retreat, because I spoke about how that was when I learned just how much alcohol can affect an allergic reaction because I had done my OIT a few hours earlier before I had started drinking. Um, And even though I was on a maintenance dose that I had taken daily, adding alcohol into my system is what we think ended up causing the reaction was the mix of the OIT dose and the alcohol. So another huge tip is just to be aware of what you're putting into your body and when. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. I don't know if Emma, you had any experiences or tips you want to toss into the mix? Yeah. So luckily I haven't had a reaction in college. I don't want to say the yet word because I I know I still have one year left, but it's not going to happen, mom, I promise. But the, the ways that I sort of prepare and the tips that I can give are, you know, we've said it a thousand times, have good friends that can handle, you know, any situation that might arise or that know how to do epi and all that sort of thing. But also be prepared. And obviously, we we all know, take your epi everywhere, take two doses, take the rest of the meds you might need. But what that looked like for me is I always put my cues in the same pocket when I go out. No matter what pair of pants I'm wearing, no matter what outfit I'm wearing, my EpiPens are in my back left pocket shoved all the way down. And my friends know that. Like I even say most of the time, like while we're, you know, mom, close your ears while we're pre-gaming and you know, doing our little pre-party ritual. I'm like, 
right as we're walking out the door, I'm like, okay, everyone, back left pocket. That's where the epi is. And they're all like, yeah, okay, thanks. And then I find myself all throughout the night, you know, okay, there's my phone, there's my key, back left pocket, there's my my obby cues. And that's just one of the things that I think it mainly just calms my own brain. But just having that consistency helps myself and everyone around me just because I know that if anything happens, I'm just going to reach right behind me and it's going to be right there. So having a consistent place for your meds is really important, especially when, you know, you might be in a compromised mental status. Having something that's consistent, you're going to remember that even in your most inebriated states, as, as one could say. I've been noticing a lot today at Camp Tag. There's a lot of kids with little fanny packs that have all their meds in them. And I used to have one of those when I was a little kid. And I always thought it was dorky, especially when I got a little older. But they're back in style for the older, you know, generations. So I was thinking today at camp, I was like, oh, my God, I should get myself a going out fanny pack for my meds and my phone and like my keys yeah, and stuff. Like, I that'd have be one so cute. And my friends all love it because a lot of my friends don't take a bag when we go out. So I can't, and they know I always will have a bag because I always carry one to keep my meds in. And so every night when we're going out, they just on autopilot, they know I'm going to have my bag. They're like, Maya, can I put this, that, and the other <laughs> thing in your bag, please tonight? And I'm like, yeah, of course, throw it in there. But yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. You should get a fanny pack. Yeah. I'm taking notes from the five-year-olds at camp today. <laughs> but then the only other quick thing I wanted to mention is there are many different types of beverages out there and some might have your allergens. It feels weird to be like, this liquid is going to have like egg in it, but you never know what the bartender's mixing up. So getting something consistent that you know is safe, like, I don't know, for me, it's like a <laughs> a tequila sour. Again, mom, stop listening. But that's just like something I know it's going to be safe no matter where I go because I know the ingredients. And yeah, and fun fact, that's something I would never order because sour mix sometimes has egg whites in it. So little things yeah. like that that are important to know. Yeah. My go-to thing, and I'm of age, so mom, you can keep listening <laughs> if you want, is especially if I'm at like a dingier place, yeah. I always order something that's in a can or a bottle where yeah. I like know and I'll often like, I like to see the bartender open the can yeah. and give it right to me for tons of reasons, even outside yeah. of just my allergens, but having those like go-to drinks that you yeah. know are safe and something in a can where you can oftentimes reach out to a company and find out what's in it because alcohol labeling does not have the same laws as food does. So a lot of them don't have ingredients right on the bottle or the can, whatever it's in you can reach out to those companies and find out what's in it oftentimes. So knowing certain like package things, just like you would with snacks that you know that are in a package and you can see a label and find out um, ingredients. It's the same kind of thing goes for drinks as well. These are excellent. So I want to ask a couple more questions on alcohol. But before we go there, I did want to bring up one thing. Is, so I know, Maya, you were saying you contacted the RA during your reaction, then called 911. But like at my son's campus and my daughter's too, they need to call campus security. So I just kind of want to put it out there to any of the listeners. Also double check at your school 
what their procedure is for an emergency. So both of my kids were at campuses that had a lot of roads that were chained off and they were only for emergency vehicles. So you needed to call campus security. So they would call 911 and tell them how to drive in. And then campus security would unlock all those chains and to, to help them get through. Like Layla's school is on acres, like going up a hill. And so they had to really give these instructions. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, that's a good thing to mention. Because I know like on my campus, if you call 911, it goes to like the main police EMS, however that works. I don't know exactly how they dispatch, Dispatch. but it also alerts. We have like a campus ambulance that's student run. And so, and then the two of them kind of like race to the scene and whoever gets there first takes it. So I've actually had two reactions at school. The other one was much less scary. I was like in my dorm, not out at a party. I was sober, not intoxicated. So lots of different things happened. But the one when I, the story I told just now about the night out, that was like the city or town unit that showed up first. And so that's what took me to the hospital. But, and then the other time I had a reaction, the SUA, they call it Syracuse University Ambulance got there first. And so they took me to the hospital in that time, but it's all different means the same end. However, you have to get to the hospital, figure it out. And that's what you're going to do. Because the most important thing in an emergency is to get to the hospital. Excellent tips. Okay, so now circling back to alcohol, really quick story that I think I've told both of you before. My son and daughter had reactions at a neighbor's house, ate the same thing. They both have tree nut allergies. And then my son has peanut and sesame on top of it. My son had been drinking wine at the you know neighbor's house and he went into full-blown anaphylaxis. Layla had this very minor reaction. And when we circled back around with the allergist, he had said, you know, Cyrus did have this alcohol in his system. And, and so my son's rules have always been just like you. Consistency. This is the brand of beer. This is the brand of wine. But, you know, if we can talk a little more about cocktails, because I also know I've seen at a, sitting at a bar, I mean, liquids are flying. They got the shakers. They're doing stuff. They're lighting things on fire. And so any tips on when you're in that kind of bar situation where things are pretty flamboyant and kind of fun, but like fluids going? You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because that's something that quite honestly, I'm still trying to figure out. I just turned 21 last year. I just turned 22 last month. So I'm still in this new um, like transformation into being able to go to like a nicer bar where they're making real cocktails. And so that's something I'm still starting, just starting to figure out most of the time in college bars at least at my school, I would either get something in the can or they don't really use any fancy equipment at the like dingy college bars I was going to. They kind of just pour it right from the bottle into the cup and then they pour the juice in with it. But that's the kind of thing where like if you're ordering a cocktail, you should know like in general how it's made so that you can say, could you please wash out the shaker? Like if you know that it's a cocktail that gets shaken or like things like that. And that, like I said, I'm still just starting to learn that. Well, and on that note with the bar too, if you watch them, they don't necessarily soap and water it. 
I mean, I don't know if you've seen, like they'll have the, the shakers and then they put it on this thing that where the water's shooting up on it and it's basically a rinse. Right. So maybe that's the kind of question too to ask is if you're making a cocktail, how is this, you know, taking place? And, you know, what brand of tequila are you using or what brand of, you know, vodka are you using? I mean, there's a gin brand that it came out that there was almond in it but it's not on the label or anything and it's a proprietary secret. And the only reason it came out is someone had an allergic reaction and sued them Mm -hmm. to try to find out if there was an allergen in there. And there was, you know, it's like even my, my son, he'll have a tendency to buy alcohol from like smaller distilleries. Like there's, you know, Tahoe blue vodka up here. We live in Reno, Nevada. We're right by Lake Tahoe. And so, you know, the owner was happy to talk to my son, you know, so he has a tendency to look for smaller places where he can really talk to the people that's, you know, making the alcohol. Right. Yeah. I guess I would just say a short sentence, but I would say simple is just going to be better. Um, like I like Maya's been saying, if you know a truly is safe for you, just get a truly. Or like if you know a vodka crayon is safe for you, that's a simple thing that's only got two ingredients. And, you know, simple is better, especially in places that might be really crazy and there's a lot of things happening. And it's the bartenders are probably gonna get mad if you're like, Can you go hand wash with soap and water all of the equipment? They're gonna be like, No, you can leave. You know, so like just And I'm not saying that your foodologies are, you know, an inconvenience, but just for your safety, simpler is just going to be better. And another thing I'll say too, Emma mentioned before about pre-gaming and that saves you money. (laughs) It saves you money because bars can get expensive, but it also can save you because if you just pre-game have a drink or two at home, then maybe you won't even need to get a drink while you're out at the bar. Um, And I've done that on plenty of nights where I just drink alcohol that I've purchased for myself that's in my house that I know is safe. And then I just go out and have a good time with my friends. And I don't even have to worry about ordering a drink at the bar and wondering if it's going to be safe for me or not. So these are amazing tips. Thank you so much again. So we're out of time. So do either one of you have something you would like to leave some parting wisdom? You already imparted a lot of wisdom, but if you've missed anything, please go ahead and share. I think the bottom line and the sort of takeaway from our conversation is just consistency is key. There's a lot of things that you cannot even try to keep consistent on nights that you're going out. A lot of things can happen. Friends can do a lot of things and you never know what's going to happen. But there's a few things you can control and that's your medications and what you're ingesting. So just keeping those things consistent every time is just going to be helpful in making sure that you're safe. One more quick thing that I'll add, because I forgot to mention it earlier when we were talking about calling 911 or whoever you need to call at your school. I don't want to say 100% of the time because I'm not a lawyer, but I'm pretty sure 90% 90 or more percent of the time you'll have like medical amnesty, I think it's called, where even if you are have been drinking or using substances, if you need life-saving medical attention, you're not going to get in trouble for what you had been doing. That may not be legal. They're just going to take care of you and give you the care that you need. So please, 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 I cannot stress this enough. Don't not call 911 and think you can figure it out on your own because you may have had a couple of drinks and you're scared to get in trouble. 
that's what I'll leave you with. We have the same law here in our state, and they want you to stay so you can explain to emergency services what's going on, what's happened. Again, you're not going to get in trouble, but they just need you to give them good information of like what took place. So thank you again, ladies, for a wonderful, wonderful podcast. So important. And listeners, I hope you join us on the next podcast, where we're going to talk about emergencies and emergencies happen and how to dig into being prepared. And we're super lucky because Emma is already an EMT. So the next podcast is going to be amazing. But thank you again, Maya and Emma for your time today. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having us. Before we say goodbye today, I just want to thank DBV Technologies one more time for being a very kind sponsor of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV Technologies or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. Thank you for listening to FACT's Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another. Music